that you, say it, you are not a grasshopper. Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is week two in the series, Speak Life. Now here is Pastor Nate. Glad that you're here. In case you're, you're new with us, my name's Nate and my wife, Myel, and I, we've been here uh, for just a few months and we are loving being at Portland Christian Center with all of you. And it's kind of funny, you know, everybody said it, it rains in Portland. I don't know. It's, it's rained twice <laughs> since we've been here. So should I say you're welcome or hold on to your hats? I don't know. But uh, it's, been, it's been wonderful, and we are just loving being a part of all that God is doing. I want you to turn to your neighbor just for a moment. I want you to look at him, and I want you to tell him that you, say it, you are not a grasshopper. But you didn't expect that one. You are not a grasshopper. You are not a grasshopper. That is the title of the message today. And I just wanted to clear up any identity issues we had this morning. You are not a grasshopper. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Numbers chapter 13. Raise your Bibles with me. Come on, where are we at? We love the Word of God. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our what? Our path, that's right. We're going to start in Numbers 13. And if you remember last week, does anybody remember our big idea you want to shout it out? Speaking life is what? No one remembers. Okay, let's put it on the screen. Hey, it's right there. Let's say it together. One, two, three. Aligning my words with God's word. That is what speaking life is all about. The re- one of the reasons that I love talking about this, and, and really it's a passion of mine, is I want to eradicate death talk. I absolutely want to destroy death talk. It's kind of funny to say, I want to kill death talk. <laughs> but absolutely I do. And the reason is I've seen it destroy churches. I've seen it destroy marriages. I've seen it completely kill companies and businesses. Friends for years, no longer because of death talk. And you and I can all relate to death talk, destroying something in our lives. I was at, uh, out in public, as I frequently do that. I was out in public. And I was talking to somebody, and they asked me where I was from, what I was doing. And I told them that we had just came to Portland. And they looked at me like, why would you come to Portland? I said, because we love Portland. And they said, what do you do? I'm a pastor at Portland Christian Center. And she said something that, I mean, it it just bothered me. She said, oh, Portland Christian Center. I have heard terrible news about that church. And I said, no, you are misinformed. And she began to say, is that church okay? Are they going to make it? And I started, there was something inside of me that rose up and I was like, you've got the wrong church lady. And I began to tell her about the salvations we've experienced. I began to tell her about all the people that we have, what God's doing. He's not done with Portland Christian Center. It's actually growing. Things are not dying. We're moving forward. We're building his church. And you know what she said? Wow, that's not what I expected. And I think sometimes we have to look at people when they say something and say, that's not true. 
We have to be people that silence death talk. Death talk does not belong here. Death talk is not in this house. It's not where you go. And what we have to understand is that the Bible, we, we said this last week, life and death is in the power of the tongue. You and I are now on assignment to kill death talk in our lives. I want you to think about your week as I'm talking. Has there been death talk in your week? Have you been agreeing with words that were not in God's word? And one of the quickest ways to find out if you're partnering with death talk is to simply measure what's going on on the inside. Stop for a moment and ask yourself, if there, is there anxiety, stress, anger? And the biggest one that I've seen is fear. Fear. If that is going on in your life, I promise you, death talk is not too far behind. And what I want to encourage you with today, and I believe in every single one of you, that if death talk is in your life, you can talk your way into death talk and you can talk your way out of it. You are just a few words away from changing the story of your life. Because when you start partnering with God's word, life starts to happen. Freedom starts to happen. Boldness starts to happen. Things change all around you. And today we're going to go back into Numbers chapter 13. We talked about it last week, but I, I want to go back because there's another part of this story that I want to unpack because it really helps us understand that when you start saying things that don't align with God, it's not just words and other people that it affects. You know what it actually hits? It hits your identity. We live in a world fighting for your identity, trying to tell you you can be anything you want, anything you want, just by saying it and telling people, you have to call me this, contrary to, contrary to everything the Bible teaches. Today, I want to encourage you, let's learn from what happened in, in Numbers chapter 13, verse 31. I'm going to go back just a little bit, and then we're going to read it. And you'll see why I told you. Tell your neighbor again, you're not a grasshopper. You're not a grasshopper. I know some of you were like, are you sure? Yeah, no, I'm not a grasshopper. Verse 31 says this, but we're going to go back to that but again. So what, where are we? Moses and the children of Israel are about to go into the promised land. They send in the 12 spies. 10 come back with a bad report. Two come back with a good report. And they're talking about all that God said is, was going to happen. It happens. And they throw in a but. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw there were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like what? Grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. We even saw giants in the land. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Okay, 
I am not a spy, just so you know. But if I were to be a spy, and I was any good at being a spy, would people know that I'm with them if I'm spying on them? No, right? You're off to a distance. You're staying away. You're hiding. You're spying, right? How did they know what the giants thought about them? They imagined it. They created a story. What we have to realize is oftentimes you and I will struggle, come on somebody, with what people quote unquote are talking about us and they haven't even said a word. We are creating a story around something that's happened. Well, they smiled at me wrong. Um, they don't like me. I knew it. They're unfriendly. I'm not going to their store again. Why? Because they don't like me. I'm a grasshopper. And we start building these stories, these cases. And what's interesting is if you start going down that road, you start partnering with fear. And fear will always give you a reason to prove it exists, even if it doesn't. You just start talking and believing. And next thing you know, death talk produces a life of fear. And you start believing lies about yourself. That is so dangerous, church. Why is that so dangerous? Because here's the truth. When you identify yourself as a grass, grasshopper, the first problem with that is uh, you're not a grasshopper. <laughs> I know, that's shocking, right? You're not a grasshopper. You're not small. You're not insignificant. You are not just trying to exist. You have purpose. You have value. You are loved. You are cherished. Somebody died for you. You are not a grasshopper. The second thing grasshopper talk does is it makes everything else in your life larger than you. Boy, you, you know what you can tell a lot about someone is, is how they pray. When they start talking to God, they don't talk about how great God is. They talk about how big their problems are. And all they mention is their problems. All they mention is things that aren't going well. And I want to encourage you, if you want to change your life, get it off your problems and get it on God. Get your eyes off your problems and get it on God. But it hurts. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's a big deal. Absolutely. I'm not devaluing what's going on in your life. But I, what I am saying, you won't find the answers there. You will find freedom and healing the bigger your God is, the more you focus on him. And the third thing, if you think you're a grasshopper, it makes you focus on what you can't do rather than what God can do through you. I'm going to say that again. It makes you focus on what you can't do rather than what God can do through you. I want to show you a picture of an animal. I wonder if you can guess what it is. Nobody knows? Okay, I'll tell you, it's a grasshopper. It's a grasshopper. By itself, it's just a grasshopper. But I went on a pest controls website this week, and I was reading about grasshoppers. And did you know, this is so fascinating, 
that the more um, a grasshopper is alone, you know what it does? It just stays as a grasshopper. But when there's a drought and vegetation goes back in the land quickly, all of a sudden the starving grasshoppers, they actually reproduce really fast and their bodies begin to change and they go into a swarming state and all of a sudden they become locusts. And then they do things like this. And entire crops will be destroyed. And the more the locusts grow, they become what the Bible describes as a plague. I want you to, oh, oh, sorry, put that back up, put that back up. I want you to look, I'm serious, I want you to look at it for a second. And I want you to remember this. This is so, this is such a powerful picture. That is death talk in your life. That right there is death talk in your life. One word seems so harmless. And if you don't believe me, look at the Bible. This is what it says. Then the whole community began, verse numbers 14, one through four. Then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of a protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt. Or even here in the wilderness, they complain, why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Grasshopper talk. Death talk. Can you feel the swarm the swell, the anxiety, the fear, and what ends up happening? The very person who helped them set, get set free, they turn on him. I want to challenge you today, church. Are your words speaking life or are they speaking death? And please hear me. The destruction of death talk never stops with just you. It always spreads. It always spreads. You see, God promised them that they would get the, the promised land. Even if you go back just a few books later in Genesis, Moses actually says that you will face difficult things as you, as you go into, you'll face giants. He actually said that would happen. He told them that it would be hard. But when you face hard things, what's inside truly comes out, doesn't it? And it looks like butt talk. God said all these things, but. Right here, Numbers 13, 27, 28. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us. And it does, God's telling the truth, flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. But people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. Now, this is kind of funny. Um, I don't really take that much time in doing like studies on the word but, just so you know. But I actually looked this up in the Hebrew and, it, and it's the word epes, epes. And it means, this is so, this is, I really hope you write this down. It means nevertheless, in other words, in spite of what was just said. Did you catch that? In the Hebrew it's saying, you can give me all the evidence in the world that God is good, Nevertheless, Epes, but I'm going to go with what I'm feeling. 
I'm going to go with my fear on this one. Oh, God, you said all those good things about me and my family, that my kids are going to serve God, that my marriage is going to make it, that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Oh, but I'm afraid, so I'm going to go with fear. I don't believe what you're saying. But, 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 but. And the locusts swarm. And all of a sudden, we've created a life that God never intended you to be. Offended. Hurt. Sad. Rejecting the promised land that God has for you and for me and our kids. You see, as you follow the story, God is so fed up with them. He says in verse 22 of of 14, not one of these people will ever enter the land. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never even see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. Wow. That should stir us, shouldn't it, church? That should stir our hearts. What have we been saying? Who have we been partnering with? The question, this is my big idea I'm going to say in just a moment, is, man, if I've been partnering with Death Talk, or maybe that's, to be honest, I've met people, the culture of your life has only been negative. That's all you know is Death Talk. How do you change that? This is my big idea. The closer you come to God, the stronger your true identity will be. The closer you come to God, the stronger your true identity will be. Now, you may be saying, well, what, what, what does that have to do with life talk? Everything. Here's why. Joshua and Caleb got to go in. The other 10 and all these other people, they didn't. Why did they get to go in? Because they agreed with God. Why did they agree with God? Because they knew who they were in Christ. They knew who they were in God. How do I know they knew that? Exodus 31, verse 11 says this. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to camp, but, ooh, another but, but this is a good but. The young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. That almost just gives me chills thinking about it. Everyone else would go away. And he would stay in the tent of meeting and he would just get in the presence of God. When the worship was almost done and we lingered in his presence, something happens. The closer you get to God, the more you see that I am a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You are chosen. You are loved. You are free. The closer you get to Jesus, the more you see who you really are. One of the worst things you can do is just start talking about nothing if you haven't spent time with God. And then it says this about Caleb. In in Numbers 14, 24, he says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit, come on, somebody, and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit him. Did you hear that? 
and your children, and your children, and your children, and your children, and your children. Come on, was it Carrie Job, right? The blessing, the blessing, and your children, and your children. I'll stop singing, I promise. <laughs> the closer you come to God, the stronger your true identity will be. There's a principle in here, and that's this. Our words are more than noise. They are steps in a direction. Your words are more than noise. They are steps in a direction. I, did, I uh, was doing a study by two psychologists, and it was really interesting. They, this was in the early 70s, and they followed couples when they got married. And, no, not, not just you know, kind of weird, but they, they studied them. And they gave them a clicker, and every time a negative comment or a put down was said in their marriage, they had to click it. And so they'd follow them around, they did this test for a month at a time, and then they'd follow them afterwards. And after a, a decade-long study, and then they continued on, but after that decade, they found something so interesting. For every hundred comments that were made that were put downs or negative, I'm sorry, out of every hundred comments, if five of them were negative, five of them are negative, they stayed together. They didn't divorce. But the ones that got divorced, all it took was to have at the threshold was 10 negative comments. Just five more became a swarm of locusts that became a plague that would end the marriage. Your words, they're not just noise. There's steps in a direction. I've seen this over and over in church life. Someone will complain about this, about that. They're hurt. They're offended. You didn't say hi to me. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. Oh, where are my feet taking me? See you later. And then I go to the next place. Oh, you love me. I knew it. This group loves me. I knew you loved me. Sorry, I'll come back in the shot. Sorry. I got excited because they love me. Oh, but then they, they said something bad. Oh, they, they, they're not Jesus people over there anymore. I'm going to go over here. And what we have to realize, people are still people. Hurt people hurt people. The church is people redeemed by the grace and love of God. And if you're looking for a perfect church, keep looking. But if you're looking for a church relying on the presence and power of God to transform lives, you're in the right place. If you're looking for a church that's going to start speaking life, that's us. If you're looking for a church that's going in a direction, following God, saying, yes, you said it, I believe it. You are building your church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I can align with that. Amen? Amen. Words are more than noise. They are simply steps in a direction. James 3 through 5 says this. 3, 3 through 5 says this. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Life talk got Caleb and Joshua into the promised land. I'm telling you right now, church, life, life talk will change the direction of your life. Life talk will change the direction of your marriage. 
and it will change the direction of your kids, your grandkids. It'll change the direction of your business. It'll change the direction of everything in your life if you will simply partner with what God's word says. Does that require faith? Absolutely. What is faith? Substance of things hoped for and certain of what we do not see. But it's not there yet. I still believe in that. I still believe in you. When I was uh, in college, I took an English class. And I got, uh, I turned in a paper, and I didn't know this, but the, the whole class was basically your grade was determined by two papers. So you spent all this time studying and learning. And I turned the first paper in and felt pretty good about it. And uh, I got, got, the, got the grade back, and it gave me a grade I'd never seen before. I was hoping it was good. The letters on there, you know, you know you're in trouble when it's more than one letter, just so you know. Like, you know, you grow up in school, A's, B's, C's, you know, D's, like those are good. Maybe a plus or a minus is fine. But this, this paper had red marks on it that said D-O. Like, D-O? What are you talking about? So I went in there and I, and I talked to the, the professor and she said, I said, hey, what, what is this D-O? Is that like... Like, I don't know, dude, you're awesome. I know you should have put the dude in there. Did you leave it out? I don't know. What was this about? And she goes, no, it means do over. I said, what? Do over? I was like, this is a masterpiece. <laughs> People are going to read about this for years. This may be a book. And I'll never forget her saying, I'm sorry. And she just went through it. And she ripped my paper to shreds. Not like literally, but emotionally. Just, bleh, 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 this is all wrong grammatically. And I'm thinking, I'm supposed to be a pastor and I can't pass English class? On the poor congregation, Lord help us. So, so I remember, I, I, so I rewrote, I worked, worked really hard, I turned it back in. Next, that Monday, I, I come back, D-O again. I'm like, okay, this is a spiritual attack. <laughs> She's like, I'm sorry, you, you need help. And I'm like, obviously somebody needs help. So she says, I'm, I'm a senior at this point in college. This is like a different level of like, uh, like paper class. And so uh, she goes, you need to go to the tutor up at the resource center and you need to spend every day after school talking to a tutor and figure out what's going on. I'm like, are you kidding me? And she goes, I, I won't pass you if you don't do this. I was on scholarship for basketball, by the way. All that money could be gone. Lots of pressure, just saying. So I walk in, and the, I'm like 21, 22, you know, receding hairline, looking great. And the person who's, who's there that's supposed to help me looks like she's 15 years old. I'm like, this is so embarrassing. I'm like, can you even drive here? So we start talking, you know, and she starts going through my paper and she's like, okay, this doesn't make sense. You're kind of going over here. You have lots of thoughts, but none of it makes any sense. So she's helping me get my structure, the grammar, the verbs, like everything starts getting in structure. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, you're actually a really good writer. You just need a lot of help. <laughs> Uh, 
So don't worry, I actually ended up staying and getting help from this tutor and from the teacher the rest of the semester. And it transformed my life. But you know what actually helped me more than anything? Well, she said, you're actually a good writer. She spoke life into me that I needed so desperately. Because what I didn't tell you is I was starting to partner with fear and doubt. And I was getting anxious. And I was starting to believe I would never get out of this English class. What did I need to do to change my perspective? I needed to get close to the truth. I needed to go get close to the truth. And some of you here today, you're sitting back in your sadness and your brokenness, afraid to get close to the truth because it will require something of you. You know what it will require? Humility. It will require saying, I need help. But Lord, what if they look 15 and they can't drive? Yes. It's an amazing how scripture talks about it's the foolishness of God that confounds the wise. There's so many things that God has for this church. My question to you is, will we be humble enough to say, God, forgive me for the things that I have said. Forgive me for partnering with death talk. Forgive me for believing the lies. You see, I'm not a grasshopper. Neither are you. You are not broken. You're a child of God. You are not lost. You are found. You are not defeated. We serve a God that has defeated the enemy. I am no longer an addict. Why can I say things like that? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Who am I? I'm a new creation. I'm a child of God. I am, I am able. No, 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 no. I am well able. And some of us here, you might be thinking, well, I don't know if I can agree with that, Pastor Nate. Okay. Stay where you want to be. I can't force you. The Bible has a really cool way for you to get healed. Do you want to hear what it is? It's actually life talk. And then the code word is, you ready for it? Some of us aren't going to like this. It's going to require humility. The power of one word, confession. Confession. If you don't believe me, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Boom shakalaka roasted. <laughs> God's word will set you free. Then I love what James 5, 16 says. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Confession will change your life. But do you know why most people won't confess their sins? 
They're too proud. Too proud. They don't say it like that. Oh, it's not the right timing. Spirit wasn't moving the way I was feeling it yet. I think the scariest one and probably the most honest one is people will say, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. Let me ask you a question. Have you been speaking death talk lately? Are you willing to confess that sin and be healed? Are you willing to change what you've been saying? Are you willing? Now, when I say all that, you're like, man, that sounds pretty harsh, Pastor Nate. Yeah. Did you not just read what happened to the whole children of Israel? They lost everything. Only a few got to go in. Generations were completely destroyed because they wouldn't partner with what God said. And we're worried about offending somebody, being too prideful. The truth is, and I just believe this, speaking life will change the direction and course of your family's life better than anything else. Why? Because you're partnering with what God says. And I believe every single one of us have the opportunity to speak life. Man, can't we just go on an amazing journey of killing death talk together? Who's with me on that? Do you want to kill death talk together? Let's stop it in Jesus' name. Let's destroy death talk. And it starts with me. How do I kill death talk? I speak life, and if I hear it, I stop it. I speak life, and if I hear it, I stop it. Am I saying we ignore problems? Absolutely not. But what I am saying is, be careful what you say. Because you're living in the destiny of the words you said. Finally, the closer you come to God, the stronger your true identity will be. If you're here this morning, and maybe what I'm saying is starting to talk to you, starting to speak to you, the Holy Spirit's talking to you. I'm just curious. Maybe you're here and you're like, man, I have been speaking death talk. I need to ask God to forgive me. I need to humble myself. Say, Lord, just forgive me. If that's you today, everybody's eyes open. If you partner with death talk lately and you know that's something in your life, would you just raise your hand? I'm going to pray for you right where you're at. Wow, lots of awesome people. Come on. You partner with death talk. Come on. If you expose it, he can heal it. So, Father, right now, every hand that's raised up, I declare right now, I kill death talk with them in Jesus' name. I destroy it in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the power and work of the Holy Spirit to do what only you can do. And that is to set people free. We are going to speak life. We are going to speak life. We are going to speak life. That's who we are. I pray right now, every hand that raised up, I think, I just believe that's a measure of faith. And if you're online and you're raising your hand, that's a measure of faith for you as well. Put it in the chat, please. We want to pray with you. With those hands that are raised up, I just believe what the, what the word says. What the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn for glorious good. He's going to turn it around. He's going to turn your family around. He's going to turn your marriage around. He's going to turn your kids around. He's going to turn your finances around. He's going to turn even this church more around. This church's best days are right in front of us.
and we're going to speak life because that's where we're headed. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come closer to Jesus. We're going to spend this last few moments worshiping Jesus. We're going to sing an awesome song. Would you stand with me? Christelle's going to sing, and the presence of God is here. If you want to come down to the altars, they're always open. But more than that, man, open your hearts. Allow Jesus to do what only he can do. He's here. He loves you. He's with you. Come on, church. Let's encounter the presence of God. Let him change you. Let him transform you so that you agree with what he is speaking over your life, over your family. Let's speak life together. Let's build life together. In Jesus' name, let's worship. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.